0: Welcome to the IoT Podcast, the home of IoT Talks and Tales. I'm your host this week, Tom White. Tune in every Monday as we're joined by the biggest names in IoT to unravel the trends, misconceptions, and predictions for the Internet of Things. Make sure you're subscribed and press the notification bell so you're never out of the loop. Hi, guys. Before we get into the episode today, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Akenza IO. Akenza IO are a self service IoT platform allowing you to build great IoT products and services with real value. Hey, Leonard, welcome to the IoT podcast. Hey, how's
1: it going? Thanks for having me yeah. on, Tom.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, it's uh, definitely overdue, right? I've been uh, you know, honoured to be on your podcast, the IoT Coffee Talk, for several episodes now. I think quite a while. I know yeah. I've missed a few, but um, I'm really, I'm really thankful for you to hop on, hop onto ours, and to tell our listeners who you are and what you do and how you got into this wonderful world. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I, I was thinking exactly that. I was thinking. When
1: is this guy gonna invite me on? To-
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> do you know what? It's funny you should say. It's funny you I'm should say that because we had Stephanie on. I mean, <laughs> yes, I know, I know, and I actually said I said that to Katie, and Katie's gonna listen to this back. And I said, do you know what? We really need to invite Leonard, right? Like Leonard, Leonard drives the cocktail, no. and we've had like. I'm gonna have to correct you. We're gonna have to come back. Okay. That, okay, so uh, all right, to- um, all right. Yes. Well, in, in, in my, in my, in my, in my view, from an outsider's point of view, when I first came onto the coffee talk, I was like, well, let, let, Leonard sends the invites, right? Leonard, Leonard kind of herds people together. Now, you know, it's a kind of consortium of efforts, but I was like, we really need to get Leonard on, right? I know I, you know, if I was him, I'm sure he'd be thinking, have I done something (laughs) or whatever? So. So it is definitely over
1: you. Yeah, it just happens that I have the record button and I save the footage on my desktop. So it, it's it, it's because I'm the engineer that you get that impression, but okay. it's not because I uh, I am the man. Uh, it, it it I mean, speaking of IoT coffee talk, uh, which is which is a show that I uh, run with a bunch of friends. Okay, it's a collective. It's truly a collective. It's exactly that. It's just a bunch of industry uh, folks in the industry who just have tremendous experience, (laughs) knowledge uh, that we get together every week, you know, Uh, and uh, we talk about all kinds of different topics in a very open, unstructured and uh, irreverent framework, right? And um, and what we've discovered is it's actually been really essential uh, and has been tremendous, actually, in. Helping all of us evolve our thinking about various uh, tech topics, right? Uh, I mean, oftentimes we extend out of IoT, but anyway, just uh, yeah. But
0: no, and, 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 and I can say, as, a, as an ex listener and now uh, kind of regular guest, it's great. Yeah. And I think what's really what, what I really love about it is the cadence that you have, right? You know, come rain or shine. I mean, I've, I've seen you walking through an airport. Uh, filming it right um and i think that's really nice just to get together to talk about what's happening and i think there's a real place for it you know our, our podcast is slight, slightly more structured we have people coming on yeah. wanting to talk about products or demos or releases that may, they may wow. have but i think there's a there, there's a place kind of both and all wow. types in the industry and I, think, and I think that's really important you know so um um you know what i what, what i really want to delve into today is like like who you are behind the IoT Coffee Talk, behind NextCurve, because I think anyone, anyone that's in IoT know that, you know, you are, you are prolific, right? I see you, and I don't know if it's a LinkedIn algorithm, um, but I see you a lot posting. I see you a lot of different events, trade shows, uh, with meaningful uh, comments and analysis of the industry in a kind of no-nonsense way. And I really appreciate that, because I think IoT can be a confusing landscape for a lot of people. Yeah. And so the comments that you make are really, really good. And you, uh, you know, you're someone that I've looked up to in the industry a lot. And I know a lot of other people have. So it would be great to kind of wind back to say, you know, who is Leonard Lee? How how did he get here? Uh, and, you know, you know, bringing it back to the start, right? If we could do that, Leonard. Okay, well, a good way to start is this is to
1: establish the fact that I am old. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Don't
1: well, look you don't look, it. You don't look it. Uh, well, you know, yeah, it, it, you know, it was. I think Fernando is one of Billy Crystal's characters that said it's better to look good than to feel good, and that's, I guess, true. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been around for a long time. I've been in, uh, you know, I started off my career in consulting um 30 years ago, uh, and so I have this really diverse and deep blend of experience in across the entire uh you know consulting uh industry whether it's strategy technology you know systems integration work custom development i used to do a lot of that i don't do that anymore it's just uh it's not what i do but you know uh toward the end of my uh, you know where i am right now or close to where i am right now i've been in um uh industry research so i've been doing a lot of that and so A lot of the reason why I've made that pivot is because I wanted to take the experience that I've gathered uh, through uh, three decades of, um, you know, working across industries, solving all kinds of different problems, working with different types of technologies and helping uh, clients that I started to work with when I was at Gartner, um, you know, basically make sense out of what's in front of them and what. May what they might be able to uh, consider or uh, and pursue uh, going forward, right? And so, one of the fortunate things that I have, um, you know, done in the last five years with Next Curve is be able to uh, use Next Curve as a channel for doing, uh, basically, doing what I'm passionate about, right? It, it's really working on some of these really. Um, forward-looking um, topics for some of the biggest tech companies in the the world, uh, and 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 doing thought leadership, right? Um, synthesizing experience, going through and cutting through a lot of the hype that we've con- constantly have suffered. I will say suffered because a lot of people will argue that hype is a good thing yeah, sort of, uh, but there's a detrimental side that we always uh, seem to suffer um, and it it ends up um, being non-productive. And so, um, you know, one of the reasons why Next Curve is around is I I like to help everyone, the industry, cut through the hype, figure out where the floor of value is, you know, the ground truth uh, on value, and, um, help the industry by helping the industry get a good feel for where technologies are today and what can be done to express value, um, through their organizations, um, and what they do as well as, uh, the industry as a whole, uh, industries as a whole. So, um,
0: yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's, I think mean, that's that's. That's really needed, right? I hadn't realized that you were so deep in the consultancy and SI in the past. Actually, wow. that's I think, yeah, no, yeah. I didn't, I not I not yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize. I mean, it's definitely something we should talk yeah, about. Sometimes you know, I forget some to tell you. The truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think, I think it's really interesting the point you've made, Dan. I'm going to ask you a question. So, um, you know, at what point does become does the hype become unhealthy then? So you mentioned that hype's good to a degree, yeah. But when when
1: is it when is it not? When okay, so when it's not is when it um it, it gets beyond it becomes de- severely detached from reality, right? So uh, you know, like one of the great examples that we're seeing today is generative AI, and it's a broad category. Uh, how people are talking about it, how people are pushing it, is, is very. Detached from the reality. So if you if you're researching the technology, the state of the technology, like what I do, and if you follow me on LinkedIn or if you will follow me on um, my uh, research portal or next research portal, you understand this. Um, uh, I that is what I do. I am uh, and you know I, I have a lot of experience doing this stuff. So i'm always looking at as a base of research what is the state of the technology and when it start when the expectations the way people talk about it uh goes be, uh, you know above a certain threshold of sensibility that's when i think it be, it, it starts to develop a potential for uh you know detriment future detriment right because at, at the moment it seems benign but in the long term it we've seen see it time and time again we've seen it with crypto we've seen it with uh ai 1.0 ai 2.0 AI x.0 okay this might be uh you know generative ai maybe uh what is it uh ai um you know x.0 plus one This is a, you know, constant cycle and dynamic that we see play out and it's just weird. We always seem to expect a different outcome, but it rarely does it happen, right? And, um, you know, whether it's 5G or IOT, right? Think about it. Yeah, there's all, there's, there's, disappointment is almost a given, Mm. And, 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 for people who actually know the state of the technology, we're, engineers that I know they're going, why are they talking about stuff like this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They go, you know, yeah. technology can't do that. Oh, we're years away from being able to do that. Why are these guys talking about this technology in this way? And why are they mm. building applications mm. with this technology? in this way, setting this kind of expectation of value and utility and revolution, you know? Um, and so I Mm. think, uh, um, anyway, that's where I come. No,
0: I, I, you know, I, I think I completely agree. And I think it's hard, isn't it? Because when we're talking about bleeding edge technology or futurists, um, it's hard to know what's fact and what's fiction. Yeah, because uh, because the lines are quite blurred actually. Sometimes because uh, it could be that we could get to that point, uh, but we might not be there yet, and and it, and it could be over overhyped. But I think there's some real world consequences of this. I mean, just the other day I was listening uh, to the BBC World Service, and they were talking about a lot of these FX and crypto exchanges that were set mm-hmm. up that uh, that uh, soccer teams and football teams were uh, sponsoring. Right, and paying hundreds of thousands, millions in cases, uh, and they were all scams, right? They were just all scams to take people's money. Um, and so, I think the work that you do, and 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 others like you in this space across all facets yeah. of technology, I think is really, really important. And I think it's, and I think that's a really uh, important message to to say to all our viewers and listeners because um, you do need some people that you can rely on to separate. The fact from fiction, otherwise right. there are consequences of this.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and this stuff is real. We see it happen all the time. If you don't, it's just because you're caught up in the cycle. Um, but, I, and I might, sometimes, uh, you know, I have some folks go, oh, you know, you, because how do you see all this stuff? It's like, you know, it, it's just recognizing where you are, where the technologies are, and how people are talking about stuff. And if again going back to what I said, if you do the base research and the foundational research in state of technology, you will understand whether or not discourse is detached from reality, right? It's and but the the tricky part is um, building a voice around that because it's not fun. It, it's fun to put all kinds of gizmoish stuff out there. You can draw eyeballs. I mean, it works great for engagement right nobody wants to hear someone say look this is the real reality of what we're looking at right and and, and what it, it one of the challenges and this is what i discovered uh through my journey at next curve is that it takes a long time for you to build an audience based on that kind of platform perspective because uh, you know, it just does. I mean, I, I'm not putting out like cute cat videos and stuff like that. That's not it, right? I'm not telling people this is how great this not so great product is, or this is how revolutionary this technology is going to be. I mean, I get plenty of fodder. I listen to what some people are saying about te- technologies, and I said, no, not even close, right? So there's always a correction or a Uh, a grounding opportunity that I find uh, for my audience, right? It's like, look, you know, watch out for this kind of stuff because it's actually detached from reality, right? This is what's actually happening. Like, for instance, there has been no real revolution in AI. What has been the revolution is someone decided, let's put this out in the wild. And we talk about a lot about that on IoT Coffee, talking about, how certain practices, especially coming out of Silicon Valley, uh, you know, foster some sort of sometimes some, you know, dubious, uh, you know, behaviors, right, and, and decision making. And, uh, and so the thing is, is that the technology is continually in a state of research. There's problems that have not been solved that have, people have been working on for a long, 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 long time. Um, and, and where it gets, uh, I think, where it gets uh, starts to become uh, very dubious and pot- potentially dangerous is that when things just go off the rails in terms of uh, that uh, the grounding, right? And then, you know, things tip over. Uh, it's inevitable, you know, because when you hear people talk about something and they're claiming that it does something that it can't do you know something's gonna happen (laughs) right i mean it's yeah so um but there's there yeah my clients uh definitely find on the advisory side of things definitely find value in in my perspective because i you know i kind of tell it like it is and they themselves are exposed to a lot of you know hype they they're reactive to it right um because oh, oh hey look someone says this is a gajillion dollar market opportunity we got to do something we got to come up with a story but then sometimes the the better story the sustainable story is exactly not that do you know what i'm saying but it takes a while for uh you know brands and companies to uh, be comfortable in their own and then find their own identity their own purpose in in reacting to the latest hype right but there, there is definitely a compulsion. You know, I'm attending RSA, and then they're talking about Gen AI all over the place. It's like, well, you know, you're not really making it fit the agenda and what you guys do. But, okay, I, I get it. In order to be cool, <laughs> you have to have a Gen AI story, right? I mean, we see people do that all the time. They did it with blockchain. They did it with everything. They, they do it with everything,
0: right? So. Mm-hmm. I think, do you know what the irony is with, with Gen AI for me is people are saying how it's going to take over certain people's jobs and blogs, et cetera, and content creation. Yeah. But people listen to the opinion of the journalists on their view of that topic. And that's what Gen AI, Gen AI can't do. So people listen to your opinion. Um, adversely, if, if there was a reviewer reviewing cars, they want his in, his or her impression on that not gen AI's kind of boilerplate, right? Right. So that's kind of the irony in that kind of situation is that your, your, you know, your clients trust you, Mm. for your, your view, your experience and your 30 years to give them an honest appraisal of what you believe, as opposed to gen ai stock answer which is often wrong right uh, you know it just
1: makes it it will simply make stuff up occasionally and 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 i hate that we're doing this because i just don't want to talk
0: about gen AI. (laughs) 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 it was about to come up it's about to come up on on any podcast in the world right now about any subject it was about to creep in somewhere well
1: you know it, it makes for such a great example <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. and uh exactly. you know,
1: it's a case study f- that e- e- exemplifies why next curve is around and why i do what i do you know um and uh, <laughs> uh but you're absolutely right and i and uh but yeah let, let, let's get off gen ai i think people have had it here for that stuff
0: so stop uh, we're, 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 <laughs> we're, a- we're absolutely part of that so leonard this is something that's quite uh, personal to me, I, I would say, because my individual background was from um, embedded engineering at university yeah. I studied. And so I was quite close to the metal, right, on this stuff. I kind of understood it from a silicon yeah. point of view. But over the years, I kind of stepped away from that. And I believe become more of a techno enthusiast yeah. as opposed to a technologist because I'm not so close to it anymore. And I think sometimes perhaps I've suffered with a bit of imposter syndrome, actually, in the IoT landscape because I am not so close to the actual mechanics of the business, so to speak. And, and I wanted to ask your question on that. You know, what is your view on the techno enthusiast as opposed to the technologist? And do you see value in both of them when it comes to putting out content around IoT?
1: Yeah, you know, the thing is that I don't think anyone's purely a, I mean, I think you kind of have to be both, right? Uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a gray thing. It's not a black and white thing. Uh, um, I mean, some people just like to write about technology. You can't be uh, absent, uh, you shouldn't be, or at least you, most folks who actually make it in terms of becoming, a, having influence or a voice have a little bit of both right and you certainly can't be a thought leader without being somewhat of a techno enthusiast right and having a voice wanting to say something about it share share perspective i mean your your perspective is grounded in some technology uh, techno you know knowledge of technology technical knowledge right it, it's not absent of it uh, i think if it was you're going to have a lot of trouble finding a, an audience, although I do know some folks that have found audiences that, uh, don't seem to have a technical, um, you know, uh, background, and that may be just for certain categories, but for IOT, definitely. I mean, if you've, you, um, if you don't have a technical background, I think it's very difficult to, to talk through the, the prevailing challenges that, the industry has the, that uh, practitioners face uh, and, and, and you, you'll just have, a tr- have trouble resonating, right? And so I, 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 maybe you're, you're somewhere on the spectrum and that's okay. And you're doing what you're, you're doing. You're providing value to an audience that is engaging with you. And I think that's all that really matters. Uh, And we're all playing out our own purpose. Right. And it it just, it just may be that your purpose is not the same as mine. I definitely know that it's not and that's entirely okay. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing better or worse or or, uh, none of that. Right. I I totally appreciate what you do. uh, And I'm fortunate that some folks uh, appreciate what I do and find value in what I do. A- and I- I'm happy, you know, I'm happy doing what I do. And that is all that friggin' counts. That's all that counts, right? Who cares about
0: symbols? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And thank you for the kind words you know, and I, I, I really, really respect all the content you put out there as well. I think, I think ultimately people talking about the subject matter is a good thing. I think we would worry when people aren't talking about yeah. it. I think that, I think that's the main thing which kind of leads me on quite nicely to a kind of big question around the current state of IOT um everyone has a different opinion on this sure uh scale of diversity monopolization obviously we've had some big curveballs, well not curveballs depending on how, how you look at it but some major players kind of stepping out or bowing out or or changing you know IOT 2023 you know where, where are we what is your opinion on it um, yeah, my opinion is that
1: we're all over the map, um, and, um, you know, I wrote this piece, geez, going almost six years ago called if you want to get value out of IOT, just stop talking about IOT. And it suggests something that there is nothing. I mean, IOT is just a concept, right? And, uh, somehow we've made it a market or people have defined it as a market out some numbers and you know uh, i don't think it's any secret
0: disappointed of a lot of people a quick word from today's episode sponsor kenza io guys i speak to a lot of organizations wanting to develop their own smart solutions and the common barriers that keep cropping up is complexity this is why i'm so behind the io using their no code self-service platform companies can build great iot products with value cases connecting controlling managing and securing iot devices all in one place at speed and scale. Their unbiased technology makes it possible to register any type of device via any connectivity technology, process the data and make it available to any application in the cloud. The platform is adapted to organizations of all sizes, from startup to enterprise, from one device to massive IoT deployments. Thanks to the self-service solution, you can start creating your IoT case right away even without coding skills. IO are offering an exclusive 30-day free trial so you can test the platform out for yourself. Check out the link in the description and start building your smart solution today. I mean, we're talking about
1: not only just people who are practitioners going, who have invested a lot of time going, developing skills and competencies in different domains uh, needed for the IoT, but investors uh you know um just um, uh, a whole bunch of people uh and um the thing is is i think the state of the iot is this is that we are in the the audience is in a state of uh disillusionment okay it, 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 and we're starting to come out of it because one of the things that i see is this uh transition uh, toward, uh, f- a focus on problem solving, real realizing is a mindset shift. This is very, very important, right? Because people aren't thinking in terms of, oh, this is going to revolutionize everything and everything's going to be connected. And you know, when, now when you hear these uh, forecast numbers about X billion devices being connected, people just go, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of laughable it, it, and we're realizing, okay. And, That that doesn't matter. What matters is helping customers, right? Helping people, enterprises, organizations with what can be, you know, helping them with technologies that can solve problems and realizing that this stuff is number one, a lot harder than anyone expected. And you know, pivoting toward uh, a better actually mindset as well as model for, uh, you know, um, you know, identifying value opportunities and then delivering uh, on, on those value opportunities. And I think that's a good thing. So, you know, where we had the detrimental hype, which I call the hump of nonsense, I, I think we're starting to in certain sectors. Uh, you know uh, come out of that that trough of disillusionment and and there's some very very smart people and persistent people okay because they've suffered through a lot who are who are figuring out and that that's super encouraging
0: yeah i think i think that's a that's a fantastic overview um and i and i've heard this time and time again and i think it's really important our listeners understand that that you know the success of IoT will be measured in the fact that it just is there, you know. Uh, so we don't talk about the internet because the internet is just there, the you owner know, IoT will just be there. It's solving problems, right? Yeah. It's solving issues through connectivity. And, and that's that's it in a nutshell. And do you think that's one of the biggest misconceptions then that people kind of see it as this uh kind of market in its own right rather than actually being a a concept and a facility to solve a problem, whatever that may be. Uh, are there any other misconceptions that people have sometimes when they, yeah. when they hear the word IoT? Yeah,
1: the other thing is that there's a misconception that IoT is a technology, mm-hmm. it's not a technology. It's just a concept. It's like digital twin. Um, I, I had a chat with uh, Rick Velada. Actually, uh, we have our own little series going on Next Curve, and we talked about digital twin and the the one thing that he and I agreed on, uh, definitively is that it's just a concept and it's not a market. Uh, it, it's just a concept. And I, and I think, um, uh, you know, uh, losing sight of that causes a lot of problems and it's also not a, te- you know, like I said, it's not a technology. Uh, you, you can't quantify it. And, uh, and um you know define it as such there's a lot of people who try to but then we get that spaghetti mess of like different forecasts and market models and stuff like that and it's like how constructive is this stuff you know yeah um, when uh, y- when you look at the structure of the market it's so fragmented I mean that that's like the only thing everyone says is like we're so fra everything is so fragmented it's like guess what that fragmentation is probably never gonna go away and that's why you don't see uh, certain types of scaling uh, these you know hypotheses or uh, thesis playing out well right you, you mentioned earlier some very big guys thought hey this is a scale out game we can just create a platform and Everyone's going to use it, and we're going to make gajillions of dollars, right? That has not happened. And it's because this misconception, number one, that it's technology, it's a technology, and then number two, that it's somehow a market. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, that caused even some very smart people to get very confused about what's right in front of them. Right. And there are some very big companies who've been at this game for a long time that are making a slow transition technologically to to adopt uh, some of the technological elements that go into this IoT concept. Right. Uh, but it, it, it's just part of natural evolution of products. You know what I'm saying? Especially in the industrial yeah. space. And so. Yeah, and then you have uh, anyway. Th- that that is that is. I mean, we can talk all day about this stuff, but that those are the two uh, fundamental misconceptions that everyone has struggled with.
0: Yeah, I, I and I completely agree. We had Dr. Birgit Bosch, who I think sits on the chair of the Digital Twin uh, Association, mm-hmm. um, uh, and also works for for Bosch over in Germany. And we we had a similar discussion around digital twins, and I and I think. I think the problem exists in a land of acronyms and abbreviations. It's easy for people to just lump it into a technology and they don't actually understand that the, it's a conceptual idea to a process that could take on many different forms. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. And, and, and it's so easy to get confused. Yeah, And that's why I think, you know, the work that you do, um, and, you know, that we're doing here and other people to kind of cut through that noise is so critical if we are to make those advancements and if people are to kind of get it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. In, in terms of kind of moving forward, uh, you know, what, what do you expect to see, you know, now that, you know, some, some, some major players have kind of stepped out and where do you see IoT going? Do you think it will become clearer as a concept? Do you think more problems will be solved immediately, like, you know, what in a kind of in a kind of in a real sense, you know, uh, both both this year and over the next few years?
1: Yeah, (laughs) well, you know, Rob, uh, Rob and I had this really funny um, IOT coffee talk um, where we talked about the need for IOT plumbers. So I think everyone is going to be buying a truck sticking on their IOT logo, IOT XYZ, right, and then putting like a you know massive plastic sensor mold you know model on top of their van and they're gonna they're gonna become plumbers they're gonna realize hey we gotta do this stuff out in the field this isn't like a developer sitting in a ivory tower somewhere you know at a hyperscale data center uh crunching numbers this is this is you know roll up your sleeves kind of work go out there and uh actually implement a system, not just software, a system you know mm-hmm. and uh and then build an application on top of it and it's it 's a cyber physical one and, and, and I think that 's where it's going. I think uh, the, you hear a lot more talk about systems integrators, which I think is brilliant it it 's where we need to start going. Uh, In order for the talent to be channeled into, you know, uh, projects and opportunities that will uh, help to um, scale the concept (laughs) of IOT. But more importantly, solve problems, you know, because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of potential out there to solve problems. It's just that buyers are not buying because people are talking
0: a a bunch of nonsense. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's sad. (laughs) yeah it is it is and and it and it is tricky to know uh you know which horse to back in this race right um and who who's doing real stuff and who's just talking nonsense when you talk about problem solving it's interesting i always think of a friend of mine ken and if he's listening to this he'll he'll know that i'm going to talk about this because ken said to me quite a few years ago that you know there's a there was a dossier that came out i think from the world economic forum saying the future of a lot of jobs is around problem solving Right, um, and he's got a concept called big unsolved meaningful problems, and it's a framework to, to talk and strategize about problems yeah. both from operational perspective and also to try yeah. and work it out. And I think I think you're absolutely right. You know, um, and I agree that IoT isn't set on a server. IoT is actually in a field, literally in a field yeah. somewhere, solving an issue. Yeah, be that tracking well, cows on a dairy <laughs> farm or where. Yeah you know, and that's happening. You know, we've had, we've had, we've had guys on the podcast doing that. And I think Rob is not the field cool, right now. <laughs> <He's> both- yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And and I think that's, 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 that's the cool thing about it. I think that's what's attracted to me to IOT in the first place um, that you, that you can do stuff that which otherwise wasn't possible, you know, through, through low, low powered sensors and battery harvesting yeah. and, you know, and so on and so forth, right? Um, and 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 I think you know I, I'm with you on that. The problem solving aspect of it is where we need to be headed. So um, you know, I think that's I think that's fantastic. How how can how can people you know, in your view, you know, kind of differentiate themselves then c- compared to the crowd in what is a is a kind of congested market at the kind of lower end in terms of the startups? Yeah. You see a lot of IoT, you know, like twenty to fifty people. Yeah. And then it goes bang into a hyperscaler. There were yeah. a few, but I there's not many. Um, how, how can people differentiate and actually get that into some sort of scale up uh, and actually working in your opinion?
1: Um, there's a couple of, well, there's a couple of things that has to ha- have to happen. You have to have a few players out there that are going to focus on problem solving. And then they're going to be working with a network of partners. I'm not going to use the term ecosystem. But they're going to be working with the network of partners and uh, vendors uh, that uh, don't have an identity crisis <laughs> hmm. and know how they fit, become very good at what they do in supporting a, 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 a smaller number of uh, let's call them consultative SIs that can go out and, um, you know, deal with the diversity, the complexity uh, that's out in the field and bring simplifying, uh, solutions and and technologies, uh, to solve problems. And, um, not everyone is going to be playing that role. Uh, the, the important thing for the partners of these few, uh, you know, need to be very clear on what their value is and be able to. Uh, tune into that. Because I I talk to a lot of IoT companies that have an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, And so, as that becomes uh, resolved, to a certain degree, I think that's where, uh, you know, uh, know, people can differentiate themselves. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? And I don't need to differentiate yourself in a massive uh, field of players, you, you differentiate yourself, uh, probably more in a local sense, more in a specific sense, um, you know, uh, as a, uh, as a contributor or a player in, uh,
0: problem solving. Um, mm. yeah. I, I, think that's such a, that's such a great point to make and for it, for any businesses out there at the moment who might be having an identity crisis, whether they admit oh, yeah, it or not yeah. is, yeah. You know what? What? What can you do with you know the sensors that you have and that you want to deploy, and the software that you can build to solve a problem? Because if you look at so- like software defined, you know, look at the car now. I mean, the car is basically a computer, right? Yeah. Uh, and 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 you know, the mechanical nature of that with fluids and bits and pieces is gone. Um, so, what other problems you know could be solved by doing this? And I think that's that's at the heart of all of it. Isn't no. it? You know, um, so I can. I completely agree. Completely agree, Leonard. We have got a question uh, from our audience, uh, which I want to ask you, which has been thrusted in front in front of me. Really? Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, And it's and it's and it's a, it's actually quite similar to what we were talking about. But I'll, I'll read it as as it is in front of me now. Uh, what are some of the most promising new IoT startups and technologies you're currently following? Oh, um,
1: I think um, one of the more interesting things that I see um, happening, uh, the tiny ml, I think is really interesting. Um, yeah. a lot of the new, um, you know, heterogeneous uh, computing um, technologies that are going into uh, new uh, SoC or um, chip design. I think that's really a big deal. It sounds super boring, <laughs> right? It's unsexy. It's not like, you know, process stuff, right? We're not talking about like zero nanometer, <laughs> uh, excitement but it's important. There, but these are all you know? like, uh, huge architectural shifts happening, uh, that are not futuristic. These are now things that will have big implications on, uh, the, the, kind of intelligence we can uh, you know put out there especially in terms of uh, you know augmenting sensors right we're not talking about ai that's going to take over the world this is very narrow very specific stuff but to be able to take fuzzy logic and um, you know uh, augment uh, what a sensor can do uh, has a lot of implications not only in terms of capability but also how we can deploy uh system architect and uh, deploy systems and that has broad implications whether from an edge computing architecture standpoint or the the architectures the devices themselves right so new form factors new ways of uh you know new possibilities in terms of how we can uh, think about um, iot uh, um, solutions and systems so I don't know. Kind of boring, yeah. but you know what? That's sometimes the stuff that matters is just not that sexy.
0: <laughs> yeah. To, 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 be, to be honest, I I don't I don't think it is, and I don't think our, our listeners uh would feel that either. We've had Jan on from Edge Impulse on the podcast, we've had a, a Genny <laughs> from Qualcomm. So uh, you know, we're fans of Tiny ML and you know, the possibilities, and I think that's really, really important, isn't it, actually? Yeah. Because if you took, if you look at machine learning in the concept of sat in a data center somewhere with with quantum style computing, that's all very well and good, but it's not being done there and then yeah. at the device, at the edge, at, at the sensor, and that's in, from a problem solving perspective. Linking back to an earlier yeah. comment, probably actually closer to actually working something out there and then, isn't it? Yeah. So and, and
1: people have to think about what what is all what what are the applications for all that gpu power and ai stuff happening up in the cloud a lot of Mm -hmm. it's for just personalization people it's not Mm -hmm. something that's going to save the world you know maybe there are a few research organizations that are running you know crazy models that you know like weather models and stuff like that Uh, but most of it's for advertising people that's what ai is being used for in the in the data center so yeah yeah, I think the more more important versions of AI are going to happen uh on across the edge to solve problems. Augment things. Not replace. Mm. Augment. Augment. Because mm. we already mm-hmm. do we're already at six sigma. You know, this stuff will help us get to some
0: valuable seven sigmas. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Leonard, absolutely fantastic insights. We've got some quick, quick fire questions for you, uh, non IoT, non tech related, but just an insight into into your mind. Oh no! Uh, if if, if <laughs> I'll I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll, keep, I'll keep them PC. Um, if an actor were to play you in a story of your life, who would it be and why?
1: Oh, man, I hate these things, man.
0: Um, (laughs) Well, I'll have a tune for you, so.
1: um, uh, You know what? Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because, um, you know, I I think one of the statements that he's become famous for is really important. And, and, you know, I've really taken it to heart is that there is no plan B, you know, in order to make something happen for yourself. In, w- in whatever shape or form or uh, form of expectation is there is no plan B go for it you know
0: yeah I love, that, uh, I love, that's I love what it. I've tried to do it's tough, <laughs> I, Super I, tough. I, 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 I like that do you know what I just looked at a reminder that I've got on my on my computer and I heard something the other day and that reminded me of it and it was the phrase how you do anything is how you do everything yeah uh and i like that and it's yeah i think wow really deep yeah it is quite deep um if you could learn any new skill what would it be
1: and why um i'd love to uh, figure out how to play the drums so i play nice. guitar i play bass. you're a great guitarist as well right <laughs> i don't know i i'm i'm okay i can i can handle my own but i'd love to be able to play drums so, nice. How's that? At the same time? Uh that would be even Well, you have to do that first thing before you can get to that really cool thing. But yes, I I'd love to be a one-man band at some point. You know, all <laughs> the different parts, but uh yeah, I still need to learn how to play the drums. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh last question. Uh favorite entrepreneur in tech over the years, who would it be for you? Oh, geez I think that's easy. Um it's Steve Jobs you know, um, nice.
1: I don't think there's anybody that's been more influential and profound and thought leading. Uh, we still, you know, we still get insane stuff out of uh, uh, the the man's legacy, you know. Um, and I know that's probably not entirely a popular answer. But I mean, geez, you know, sometimes you just have to recognize, <laughs> you know, and uh,
0: yeah, it's got to be him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree. You can't underestimate Steve Jobs. It's come up a few times, but yeah, thank thank you for that. Yeah, Leonard, where can people find out more about you and Next Curve and the IoT Coffee Talk? Can you share some yeah, socials? Yeah,
1: too? sure. So uh, this is very well rehearsed. Let me see if I can pull it off, though, because in execution, sometimes I falter. So you can check out uh, the Next Curve Research Portal at www.next-curve.com. curve dot com. There's a bunch of content there that you can engage with. uh, I post all my insights and research there. Uh, You can also uh, check out my newsletter on LinkedIn. I have one that has somehow caught fire. I got like uh, 21,000 subscribers in two months, which I think is not too shabby. Wow. Right. And uh, it's a great um, one stop shop for all the stuff that I, I publish out there across different channels. Uh, and, um, you know, I have a YouTube channel as well. Something that I had didn't do a lot of in the past, this video blogging stuff, but, um, uh, V logging stuff, but you can go and check out the content that I have there. I cover events, do like V logs of, uh, you know, various industry events as well as, um, you know, company events that I attend through the year and, uh, yeah, IOT coffee talk. Yes. Check us out there. Uh, it's at Um You know, you get to hang out with me and my friends uh, every week, and we just talk about the latest and greatest uh, stuff that everyone's talking about. Uh, we just put a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, irreverent spin on on things. And uh, we, uh, you know, and that that whole program is really important to us because, uh, you know, we support a charity called uh, elevate our, our kids at www.elevateourkids.com. And that's where uh, we're uh, putting uh, connectivity as well as compute in the hands of uh, children in underserved communities to address the digital divide uh, and, you know, bring equity uh, to education. And so, uh, yeah, check it out, buy a shirt. We have a really cool shirt. And if you're not into charity, you know, and you're into shirts, just buy a shirt and (laughs) you will indirectly
0: be making a charitable contribution. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. (laughs) Leonard, thank you for coming on the IoT podcast. Well,
1: thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure and, you know, we'll see you on IoT Coffee Talk soon, right, Tom?
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Before we go, I wanted to thank today's episode sponsor, I.O. Don't forget to check out the link in the description and gain access to a 30-day free trial of their self-service platform. Thanks for tuning in to the IoT podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. See you next week for more IoT Talks and Tales.